Lauren, today we're going to discover a little bit about our early California history. Wow, that's great. It is great. Author Conchita Marusic has just arrived. In fact, she has written this great book, In Search of William Wolfskill, Journey to Find the Legacy, which I had a great time reading. And thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to sit down and hear a little bit more about your journey of discovery. It was quite a journey, I have to say. It, it we we went through this whole thing for about ten years of traveling and researching and then writing, and it was it was real. It's been a really fantastic uh, way to learn about uh, William Wolfskill. Wonderful. We've only got about forty something minutes of talk time, so you're gonna have to talk fast and cram it in. Okay, I'm talking real fast right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Before we get to the show, Lauren, what do you want them to know? We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Well, thanks, Lauren. That's right. I'd love to meet you and always welcome our neighbors and visitors from all over. Visiting information can be found at Judd'sHill.com. And while you're online, you can check out some of our fun videos, see what type of different wine experiences we offer. And what else? Maybe put a little wine in your shopping cart? Just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, no capitals, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. What a deal. Thanks, Lauren. I, I bet we could do something even better. Well, you can join the Judge Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night, whether it be 6 o'clock at night or, heck, even at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. And uh, certainly you get a great, uh, a great deal on the wine, plus... Invitations to special events, parties, it's just, it's a good time guaranteed. It sure is. So with that being said, I think we should get to this show. I can't wait. Oh, me too. I'm interested in learning some California history today. Well, let's get to it. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. Today's KVON forecast. Holy moly, I can't feel my face degrees. And now... <laughs> Live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein. Good morning, Lauren Mole. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Judd. Top of the day. Top of the day. It was a little chilly for you when you woke up. Is that what inspired your introduction? Ah, uh, I think so. Yeah, but we're getting there. We're not quite all the way deep into winter yet, but it is... It's getting chilly out there. It's a beautiful fall day. The sun is out now. It's warming up. But yes, this morning it was a little nose-numbing, wasn't it? It was. It was. What are you doing these days, man? I haven't, I haven't seen you in six days. <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been working a lot. I <laughs> even got to work on part of Thanksgiving Day. How was your Thanksgiving? It was wonderful. Tell me about it. Uh, well, I, as I just said, I got to work part of the day, and then I got to meet up with the uh, family later on. Nice. So you worked early, getting people their last-minute... Uh, Butter, cream, cup of sugar, bake their pies, frozen turkeys that they had to figure out how to thaw in time for dinner, that uh, type yes. of thing. Well, it, it just wasn't as busy as, as much. Oh, it wasn't? So Thanksgiving Day is actually slow at the supermarket? 
yes. They're open 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay, so they close early. Then yes. you got to go? Yes. Nice. And you had a good Thanksgiving? I did. Did you fill up? Oh, hi. <laughs> on you, some of your favorites? Oh, you bet I did. Like? Turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy. Mm-hmm. And a dish of pumpkin pie. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. That sounds great. You definitely, that's very traditional. And who does the cooking? Uh, mostly my mom. And I'll bet she's a wonderful cook. She is. All right. Thanks, Ruth. <laughs> I'm yes. grateful Thanks, for mom. your good cooking and keeping Lauren and the rest of your family happy. Thank you. Right. And, uh, and we had family over as well, like uh, my uncle from San Pablo and uh, a cousin of mine from, from Pennsylvania. Oh, really? How nice. Somebody you probably don't get to see as often, right? Right. Oh, great. Sounds like a lovely holiday. It was. So, uh, yeah. so Judd, how, how was your uh, communal feast, if I may ask? Uh, the communal feast was really nice. Uh, as we, that's our fancy way of calling it a, a, a potluck. You know, we ask everyone to bring a little something. I do the turkey. I promise uh, a nice turkey. I promise some good wine. And then folks bring things. So I think we spoke about last week. It's a bit of a multicultural group. Uh, quite a few folks with Indian heritage. So... Um, Thanksgiving always starts off with samosas and chutney that they bring, and that's always delicious. And we pop some bubbly wine, and that's a good way to that's a good way to to start it to kick it off. It's a nice pairing as well, and then then some traditional stuff, you know, turkey, cranberry, mashed potatoes, all that good stuff. And uh, it was really nice, good spirits for sure. Everyone was in a good mood, and we had some fun. We we even played a as a nod to this show, or maybe this show is a nod to that because I've been doing it a few years, but we. Busted out my custom Thanksgiving Mad Libs game that everyone ah. plays. Yeah, we've got to do a little of that. But nice. I love Thanksgiving. It's just, it's just one of those holidays where you just take a moment to think about what it is uh, you know, you're thankful for. I'm not, not breaking any new ground there, but it's just right. nice to take a moment to do it. Well, you know, to me, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that just comes and goes quickly. Then it always seems, seems like it was just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. A lot of anticipation, and there it is, and it's gone. But on to some more fun things. I just want to mention on December 10th, the Judd's Hill, that's my family's winery, as you know, located on the south end of Silverado Trail, just a mile north of Trancas. Come on by. But December 10th, we're having our annual Hanukkah Hootenanny, and that supports Napa CHI, Community Health Initiative, making sure that all Napa residents have access to health insurance and health care. That's from noon to 2.30 p.m. Tons of fun information about that. And tickets are at judshill.com. Just click on the events tab. And it is complimentary. That means free, Lauren, for our wine club members. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we are also taking a Mississippi River cruise in April for our wine club. Or really, any fans of Judd's Hill can come with us. So information is there on the events tab of judshill.com. It's from uh, New Orleans to Memphis on a luxury paddle wheeler, a bit of Americana ah, with some Napa Valley nice. wine thrown in. Yeah, it's going to be great. And, ah, I do want to mention this. Uh, before all of that even happens, on Thursday, December 7th, it's Vineyard Home Companion. Now, Vineyard Home Companion is a little bit like Prairie Home Companion. It's a little vaudeville. It's music. It's storytelling. Uh, some comedy. Who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be lots of fun. It's at the Napa Valley Opera House, again, Thursday, December 7th at 7.30 p.m. We have a former guest on this show, Sean Garvey and his band, Obsidian Sun, doing Americana, kind of roots rock music. Uh, Meisner and Smith, another fabulous band uh, with some folk and rock in there. Co-hosted by former guest, Beverly Shotwell, and yours truly. I'm co-hosting that evening. And that's at Napa Valley Opera House. Once again, Thursday, December 7th, 7.30 p.m. 
for tickets, it's NVOH for Napa Valley Opera House, NVOH.org. Hope you'll all come out and join us for that. It'll be fun. Wow, that's great. Yeah. You know what else is great? What? Our guest. Ah. Should we meet our guest? Sure. With a style as smooth as hummus on pita, our guest wrote a book with tales beyond Nita about her great-great-grandpop. These stories are tough to top. So let's hear from this author, Conchita. Ah. Wow. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> what an intro. I love it. <laughs> you you have been Lauren Mold. That's a signature Lauren Mold <laughs> rhyming intro. You've got the official treatment. Well, thank you. I'm Con- honored. <laughs> Conchita Thornton Marusich. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for asking. Yeah. First of all, you are the author of a really interesting book. I, I, I so enjoyed reading this. Thank uh, you. It's called In Search of William Wolfskill. Journey to Find the Legacy. I'm going to let you tell us everything. This is a great story of early California history. I, I'm a bit of a history buff myself, so when I heard about you and heard about your book, I was, I was uh, turned on to your book by one of my former guests, uh, Tony Kilgallen, who's a television host in his own right, and he had you on as a guest and said, you've got to get her on. She's great. Very happy for that introduction. Very happy to have read this. It's, it's quite a page-turner. You are the great, great granddaughter. Did I get that right? That's right. Of the man, William Wolfskill. And, you know, I think I'm just going to let you go. I've got a lot of questions, but I'd kind of like you to maybe tell us who William Wolfskill was and why he merits a book and what impact he had here on our community in Napa Valley, because there is a bit of a connection. Absolutely. And you, you, you want to go or do you want to? Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I'd no. like to just let Ab- you go. And if I, have a, if I need to pop in, and by the way, we're being joined also by your husband, Rich, is sitting next to you. So Rich, if you feel like you need to interject, because you're a big part of this story as well. Okay. And we're going to find sure. out your role in this as it goes on, too. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me to be on the show. And actually, radio has been in our tradition, in my family's tradition, my mom and dad, were on radio in New York. They were both Shakespearean actors. They were, no and then they did uh, radio in New York, the Molly Goldberg show, really, and all kinds of stuff. So, it's really fun for me to do a little radio. And Great. anyway, one of the reasons actually that I wrote the book was because of my mom, Elena Wolfskill Thornton, and my mother was a real history buff, and she was very very proud of our ancestor William Wolfskill. So my mom and I used to talk. I grew up hearing about him. He was just a legendary figure in our family. So as we got older, I mean, I really wasn't that much into genealogy when I was younger. I think you get more into genealogy as you get older. You want to know where you came from, who are your ancestors. And so we, as you know, my mom was, um, uh, we would talk about it. And she, you know, said to me a number of times, I really want you to write the story of William Wolfskill. Mm. I, you know, I don't want our family history just to disappear. It's it's an important story. And so I promised her I would. And and you are you a writer? I know you have a oh, history yes. in television. Were, were right. you a writer in television? Yes, I did write. I, I was a writer, a producer, okay. whatever had to be done. You know, gotcha. in television, you got to be flexible. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so I started writing. And yeah, it was, you know, I wanted to tell, well, Rich uh, and I, We'd love to. We'd love to go out and travel. One time, we were taking our daughter Jennifer back to the Tufts University to school, and on the way back, I said, "And let's start. Let's let's go explore the Santa Fe Trail." 
because we had we had been reading about William Wolfe Skill and and so may I stop you just for a moment? Yes, because this certainly figures large in the story, the Santa Fe Trail. Right. Brief, just a brief introduction as to what that is and sure its significance. Yes, absolutely. Well, William Wolfskill came over the Santa Fe Trail in 1822. That was the second expedition. The first one was by William Becknell in 1821, and he was a, a trader. Uh, he was a merchant, and he uh, took a group across from Missouri to Santa Fe. And at that point, Santa Fe was... Um, was under Mexico. All part of, of Mexico, yes. Was all part of Mexico. And so uh, William Becknell took this expedition over in 1821 and came back with lots of money. The people of Santa Fe were so – they really wanted American goods. They wanted things that they couldn't get in Santa Fe. Hmm. And so he – Put together the second expedition, and William Woolskill was part of that in 1822. William was 24 years old, you know, raring to go, and so they started. Uh, they started going from Franklin, Missouri, which at that point was on the edge of the frontier. Mm-hmm. You can imagine that's where Missouri was was on the edge, and out there was all of Mexico, and people they were just starting to explore that. So he came over to, in 1822, made it over to Santa Fe, and then he became a trapper, a mountain man. And he was there for a number of years, Had and, and I talk about all the different, he had a lot of different things happen to him. He, he trapped with some of the great tr- mountain men that we know, the Sublette brothers, uh, Peg Lake Smith. Ewan Young was his partner, and they would take people out trapping, and, and they made a lot of money with you know with the pelts from the from the beavers right. so uh, then in uh, in eighteen thirty William became a Mexican citizen and uh, he he was bilingual he was a Spanish speaker and then in eighteen thirty he decided he was going to go join his partner Ewan Young, who was over in California. So we put together an expedition, and he started off from Abiquiu in 1830 in, in the last part of September. And he made his way up through, I don't know if, if you've traveled the Old Spanish Trail. Rich and I have traveled the, the Old Spanish Trail. It starts either in Santa Fe or in Abiquiu, New Mexico, goes up into Colorado, into Utah, down through Nevada, and then into California. And he came over that trail took him about four and a half months. It was very tough. And I talk about the various things that happened to him on that. Uh, it's amazing journey. they made it. They did, re- absolutely. Reading, reading the harrowing tale, yeah. the, the, the pitfalls they had to overcome and the, the weather, the absolutely. near starvation, on and on. Right. Well, they were a small group of trappers about – we're not really sure how many, but between somewhere between about 17 and 21 trappers. And they did. They, they uh, When they were traveling, they ended up participating or viewing the funeral of a Ute chief up in Utah. They didn't know what was going to happen because there, were, there was conflict between the trappers and, and the Native Americans. But – William and his men were very were were very respectful. In fact, part of the expedition was who came along was one of the main people in his in in that expedition was George Yount. Yes, familiar to us Napa Valley. Absolutely, folk. George George Yount and William Woolskill 
had known each other from Missouri. Right, since teenage years. Exactly. Georgiant was one of the soldiers that had actually protected the settlers in one of the forts in Fort, in Cooper's Fort in Missouri. So when George, uh, uh, so that when William decided to go, to, to go over to California, he recruited trappers for the expedition. One of them who came along with his set of trappers was uh, George Yount. And Yount was very important to that expedition because he had traveled through that area. We think he's spoke some Ute, and he was, uh, and he and Woolskill uh, were really, I mean, it was important to have people you could depend on during those expeditions. Right, and it sounded like he was familiar with the Utes. In fact, they yes. they, they knew him. Exactly. They knew him more than they knew well, William. And I like that story in your book, how when the, the encounter that you're talking about, that the, the, the Ute leader, there was a funeral for a chief... They wouldn't accept that William was right. the, the leader of the expedition. They, they would only accept that George was because they, they knew him from a previous exactly. encounter. Right, because he had been through that area. And so William, of course, said, you know, you okay. do it. You play the leader. <laughs> you play the leader. Yeah. <laughs> so they got through that. And then as they uh, then after that, they, they continued to go through Utah. And they almost died in a blizzard. Yeah. That's another uh, story that I tell in the book. And it was very tough. Um, it just snowed and snowed, and they didn't know if they were going to get out of there. They took had taken a wrong a fork in the road. Mm. Anyway, then they finally came out of the blizzard, and they continued on their way. So it it was uh, they had to eat their last ox. Yes, the last <laughs> oxen before, uh, and in hopes that they wouldn't all just perish because they were running out of food. And then they finally, yeah. they finally came out and arrived in San Gabriel Mission, which was quite fortuitous because it, it was a huge operation with cattle and agriculture and, and important to the story vineyards right that's where he met father sanchez yeah. who played a very important part in william's life because that's where william found out uh, saw the wonderful orange trees that father that they had the, the padres mm-hmm. uh, were growing in the uh, san gabriel mission and that started william on his journey to become a farmer and he became one of the most well-known farmers in Los Angeles and is actually credited with being the founder of the California commercial citrus industry. Isn't that something? And also is a major, important to us in Napa, uh, William Wolskill was also very important in the early days of winemaking, and he made one of the best brandies ever. In, in Spanish, it's called aguardiente, or right. fire water. And it was so good that they actually sent a barrel of his port to President Buchanan. So it was quite an accomplishment. When he arrived in the Pueblo, he had no money. The basically came over the old Spanish trail and ran out of money, um, paid off the people, the trappers as he could, and he had very little money. And then every, he just built everything up. But William was a very astute businessman. It sounds like it. In fact, him becoming a Mexican citizen sounded like it had to, a lot to do with his business acumen. You know, as a Mexican exactly. citizen, he could be granted land. He exactly. could be allowed to trap and hunt in certain places. Right. And he, you know, sounded like he was savvy and wanted to take advantage of uh, those opportunities. Uh, and and it ended up helping his brother get some land up, up, up here. here in what's now Napa County. Uh, well, no, his brother got land in, in uh, Winters, California. Oh, Winters, excuse Winters, me. So yeah. adjacent. Napa right, right, adjacent. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Because his brother wanted to get some land but was not a Mexican citizen. Right. So how did that work out? Well, John Reed Wolfskill came over in 1838, and he joined William. John Reed, uh, well, most of the, the Wolfskills were all living in Missouri, and then John Reed decided he wanted to come visit his brother in California. 
By the way, I just want to say that since this book has come out, I have people now writing me about, you know, telling me a little bit about their story as wolf skills. Oh. And I have found out there are a lot of wolf skills still in Missouri, which is very oh, exciting. Great. Yeah, so I have mm. a lot of wolf skill cousins now that I never <laughs> knew I had. That's one of the funds of genealogy. You find all these people yeah. all Book's over the world. probably a bestseller back there. Well, I'm telling you. <laughs> so anyway, but back to John Reed. So he came over from Missouri, 1838, came over the old Spanish Trail. And he, but he, he, he worked for William, uh, building up his, uh, up his farm, but John Reed wanted to establish his own identity. Yeah. And so he went off, um, he was down in Los Angeles with William and a good friend suggested he go up North and look for land around Sutter's Fort, which was around the Sacramento area. It wasn't Sacramento then, but that's where Sutter's Fort was at that time. Mm-hmm. And first he spent some time up here with, uh, John Reed came up and he worked with George Yount, helped him build some stuff on his land. Well, we kind of skipped over that. So right. when they got to California, George Yount came headed up north. Here. Exactly. And, 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 and was given a land we grant. We kind of know the story a little right. bit. Uh, George yeah. was given a land grant by Comandante Vallejo. Mm-hmm. And then John Reed came up and spent some time with George and then went off on his own. He took, um, went off and uh, found some land over near current day current um present day winters california uh, and he was able to get that land because of william william being a mexican citizen that's right so was it in william's name and then yes it was first well first john reed went to uh, vallejo and said i really would like some land in this area told him where he wanted and vallejo said no no way you're not mexican you're not mexican yeah. you're american sorry no way and but John Reed really wanted to come up here, and he pursued Vallejo. Finally, Vallejo relented, but said, it's only if I give you the land grant in your brother William Wolfskill's name, because he's a Mexican citizen. Right, okay. And so William applied for the land grant. He didn't really want John Reed to leave. He really Mm. wanted his brother to stay there with him, but he finally realized he's got to start his own life. Right. And so John Reed... So William got the land grant, and John Reed went and he lived on the land. At that time, it was total. I mean, the Patwin Indians were that. That's their area. So the Patwin Indians had obviously their villages there, and John Reed went and established himself in that area. And it was pretty lonely for him. He was, you know, he was out there for a while. Had to start everything from scratch. Had to build a, a little hut and. There were a lot of grizzly bears roaming mm. around trying to <laughs> get at him. This is Creek? This is by Puda Creek. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. Creek, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing story. I we got another minute or so here before we have to take a break. We can okay. keep on talking. When um, William, your great-great-grandfather, made it to California, he established himself in Los Angeles. That's which right. is a very different Los Angeles than we know now. So this is in the 18, early 1830s. That's right. It was the Pueblo de Los Angeles de, it had a, right. like a very long name. Right. And I think I read, did I write this down? There were about 1,400 people that that's lived right. in Los Angeles. Well, that's why I wanted to put it in there so we could get an idea of like this little tiny town. And of yeah. course, now with millions of people, you can't even imagine. No, and he was right at the epicenter, right? What is now downtown Los Angeles, uh, which that's is right. Spring Street or uh, somewhere down there. You know, Alameda like Ch- and San Pedro between 3rd oh, and 9th Street. Yeah, yeah, that's right by Union Station. Exactly. Alvera Street, Chinatown. Right. Philippe, it's the original. Now, right. It's yeah. and, but now, unfortunately, it's pretty agri- industrial. Right. 
Right. There's not much to see left from those days. Well, there still is the – on Alvera Street, what is the name of the old adobe home? Isn't there still a the historic – The adobe. The Avila. <clears throat> Avila adobe. Right. Which you do mention in, in the book. Absolutely. And you have some connection there as well? Well, or? my mom, my yeah. mother what, – what, my mom was the queen of Los Angeles in 1941. <laughs> the queen of Los Angeles? I know. She was all decked out. So you're and, Princess Los Angeles yeah, I'm speaking to. That's right. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm royalty. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, mom was the queen. I And uh, it was queen for a day. They used yeah. to have a show called Queen for a Day. Well, mom was queen of Los Angeles for a day. Wow. And she was all in her beautiful early California dress. And I have pictures of her in the book. And at the end of the day, they went to the, uh, they, well, she started off in a procession at San Gabriel and uh, it basically commemorating the journey of the settlers, the early settlers that uh, that founded Cal- that founded Los Angeles, and so uh, she did the journey from the San Gabriel Mission down to Olvera Street, and they ended at the Avenue Adobe where she um, cut a cake, and I have a picture of in the book showing <laughs> her cutting the cake at the Avenue Adobe. Yeah, that is so sweet. Okay, we now have to take a break. Okay, but. So much more to talk about. This is uh, Conchita Marusic, the author of In Search of William Wolfskill, Journey to Find a Legacy. All kinds of great early California history here, and we're going we're gonna to hear more. Okay, thank you. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Everyone's a Fingal friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. At 1440 on your AM dial in Northern California and streaming live around the world at KVON.com, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Thank you, Lauren Mole. Streaming live indeed and past episodes can be heard via the iTunes store in convenient podcast format. It's free. You can download them. You can subscribe. Just look for Judd's Napa Valley Show. This episode... Wow, this is good stuff. I've got Conchita Marusic here sitting with us, and she's the author of In Search of William Wolfskill, Journey to Find the Legacy. And William Wolfskill was your great-great-grandfather. He was an early American settler who became a Mexican citizen, but he was from – he took off from Missouri, but was he born in Missouri? Or no, he was, he was born, born in, in Kentucky. Kentucky, that's what it was. Right. But became a Mexican citizen, right. came to California. Well, before the break, he got – to Los Angeles, a little town of 1,400 people, and established himself as a bit of a uh, grower with oranges, became very successful in the citrus industry, planted vineyards, became a, a winemaker. His travel partner and friend since teenage years, when they came to California, split and came north, and that was George Yaunt, Yauntville right here. So a lot of connections. Let's, let's talk a little bit about how you retraced the steps of your ancestor, who is an amazing story, who was a trapper, arrived penniless and became this basically a baron of the citrus uh, industry. But you wanted to, and these are your words, you wanted to meet the man in his environment. Exactly. How did you do this? Well, Rich, who's has been just an incredible part of this journey. I mean, the two of us uh, have traveled on the Santa Fe Trail, the Old Spanish Trail, we really wanted to go where he, where William had lived and trapped, and we wanted to feel what it was like to walk in his footsteps. And we did it. It's amazing. Since I wrote the book, I've had a number of my cousins who've written me said, "I always wanted to do what you did. I always <laughs> wanted to retrace William's steps." And you know, it's so easy. I mean, and 
we joined the Old Spanish Trail Association because it's a great group. And we also, I've been part of the uh, Santa Fe Trail Association as well. Both those are great. If anybody's interested in retracing these, going over the trails, if you join those two associations, you meet fabulous people who historians and people who who go out on the trail all the time. But Rich and I... Yeah, sounds fascinating. I imagine, though, you were not driving a team of oxen, though, these we days. We were. Were you really? Yes. I didn't absolutely. see that and picture in the book. But. <laughs> oh, I forgot Pulling to put our, it in. Our, you know, SUV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to put it in. Yeah, but no, we, we really did. I mean, I remember we were, we were in uh, San Miguel del Vado in New Mexico, and it was the summer, and that's where um, William came through when he came over the Santa Fe Trail. And there were mosquitoes everywhere, mm. and it was hot, and it was terrible. And we said, let's get in the car fast, because, you know, and then we thought, God, William Wolfskill didn't have this opportunity. He couldn't just, like, jump in his car and escape from those mosquitoes. Those guys really went through, they really went through so many tribulations. It's amazing. It is amazing. You talk about, um, uh, you know, robberies of their animals and their goods from you know, bandits or natives who weren't appreciative of them coming through their territory and almost dying of starvation where they, uh, the, the descriptions you talk about what, what they had to do about, you know, finding the buffalo and mm-hmm. drinking the contents of its stomach just to, ugh, we don't, read the book. I won't get into too much right, deta- right. gory detail here, but it's all in the book. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly had to, they certainly had to go through a lot. Rich, what, what are some of your thoughts on what we did on our trip? Well, one, one area that I thought was the most impressive to me when we first saw it, we've been there a couple of times now, and that's the area up in uh, Utah. Um, which the you remember what was the exact name of it, Conchita? The uh, area where we went off on the it was almost oh, like Castledale. an off Castledale, Utah, and it's way up north. And you cross over a desert, you go through some canyons, and we're in the middle of this area. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? Here we're in our air conditioned car, and we're looking, you know, looking around. We're getting out now and then, taking pictures. And you wonder how in the world they could get through all of this when it was hard enough for us just to drive through on these roads that were basically uh, parts of it were the actual trail. Wow. In fact, there were some uh, markers there that we found were from other little uh, roads that would be cut off. We would we would kind of get lost a little bit, and then we see this marker that was put up like in the 1950s or 60s that says the old Spanish trail. Mm. So that really, really helped us out, and so then we 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 had a lot of fun, a lot of fun, just and just experiencing what, trying to think of what they really went through. It is totally amazing. It is, and I think you did a wonderful job of illustrating how tough it was, but also how gratifying it could be when they reach their goals and and have some unexpected. Uh, Nice surprises instead of, you know, one <laughs> tragedy after another. But to get the perspective, as you say, from an air-conditioned car has got to be tough. So how did you put yourself in the mindset to write from their point of view? Well, I really uh, – I think going out on the trails like we did and, of course, exploring Los Angeles. We lived at that time in Los Angeles, so it was, oh. it was really easy for us to – like 
well, we'd go down to Alvera Street and go to the Avila Adobe and sit sit in the Avila Adobe and ask for inspiration, right? Because oh, yeah. I mean, there there the the rooms there are similar to what would have been in the Wolfskill uh, Adobe. So I really did. I tried. Ver- we tried very much to get into their skin, to get into their footsteps, to really feel what it would be like. And that's so. When I was starting to write the book, I I wanted to write about William's story, but I thought our story was important to understanding his story and that wasn't easy i had i took a while till i found the right format of Mm. having each chapter divided into two parts the first is william's story and then the second part is our story right right and a lot of people have said they really appreciated that it gave them an insight that they wouldn't have had um because i talk about how we researched we met historians along the way we met family members that we never knew existed it just opened up our whole world i certainly enjoyed that format to me it gave some perspective you know the same stories but two different perspectives and tied them together right nice way to approach it oh thank you and it but, but it took a while because it was a you know it's not that easy to sometimes when you're exploring into a new area how to put it together but we really felt that that was primary we we went to so many libraries went to the bancroft that's a great resource anybody who's up here in northern california who who is researching early california history the bancroft in uh in uh, down in berkeley is fantastic mm. we went down to the one uh in irvine special collections that's where we found a lot of our material and they were so helpful the huntington library is fantastic for anybody who is researching the, the early California history, the early po- um, population uh, project out of the Huntington Library is incredible, and they were very kind. They really they gave me access to William's letters as well as some photos, and I, I couldn't have done it with all these wonderful li- without these wonderful libraries. They were terrific. No, that's great. It's, it's wonderful that there are these resources out there. Are there any stamps, any footprints still left from <clears throat> William himself out there? Well, we do have, fortunately, his ledgers. That's really about all we have. Well, we have his letters that were that are in the Huntington Library, and I, I quote from a number of them. We have his ledgers, the the original uh, ledger that that he had on the Old Spanish Trail is still in the Wolfskill family. Oh. But a Xerox copy is over at the Huntington Museum so that – I mean the Huntington Library. So if people want to go – it's hard to get into the Huntington Library unless you're going for a Ph.D. Because I was a descendant, I got special permission to go in there. Oh, I see. I have my master's. I felt like I should get my Ph.D. after writing this book. (laughs) I'll give it to you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'll give you a certificate. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But anyway, so there are the ledgers. There are there are a few things that are left, but not many, unfortunately. You know, the home obviously no, in, in the middle torn, of Los Angeles is torn now, down. as we said, it's yeah. the Philippe Sandwich Shop, probably right in that <laughs> exactly. Area. They should have a William Wolfskill sandwich there. <laughs> they ought to. They really ought <laughs> I'm gonna, to. I'm going to write them and tell them. <laughs> but there is there's one last tree that is left in down in Los Angeles, and the, it was saved by a group of. Japanese gardeners. Oh. And uh, that's, I mentioned that in my epilogue. And uh, as a matter of fact, I just heard from one of the, um, Bill Watanabe uh, from Los Angeles, and they are trying now to get special recognition of that tree. It's a grapefruit tree, and it's, what? what's the name of the plaza? It's, uh, it is the plaza 
anyway, it's it's. I think it's the Japanese American uh, Community Center, something like that. It's on San Pedro. Yeah, oh, okay, right, right yes. there in uh, Little Tokyo. Right. Yes. And it was in a parking exactly. lot, and it was about to be demolished in the seventies when these the group of gardeners saved it. Oh my goodness! The Federation of Japanese American Gardeners. They saved it. They for- had it brought over by forklift, et cetera, and they planted it in this plaza, mm. and it still is producing grapefruits. No kidding. Yeah. And this thing has to be... Over 100 years old. Well over 100 yeah, years yeah. old. My goodness. So, yeah. That's and exciting. So I'll look for it. For I'll... in the next year, we're hoping that'll be given some sort of special historical recognition. Yes. You know, one of the things uh, I, that's really interesting was, was for me, well, for both of us, was the way that we would find information from people in small towns. We asked where historians were, and we found out uh, a lot of things about genealogical research. And Conchita actually has a section in the in the book, a number of ways how you can do some genealogical research and different sources you can get to. But uh, there, one of the things that really struck me was is that in our research, you'd be looking for some person, and we went to, for example, one of the travelers with William was his name was uh, Zeba Branch. Mm-hmm. And he eventually settled up in Northern California here. In San Luis Obispo. In, in San Luis Obispo, right around that area. And <clears throat> we knew him as Seba Branch, so we we finally tracked down where he came up to. And we go into this historical society where the guide lets us in. It was on a Saturday. They were closed. We found out who it was, and we asked him about Seba Branch. And he said, I don't know who that is. And he said, and we were talking, and then finally it came out through the information that Conchita had and the research and things that we had found that they didn't call him Zeba Branch. They called him Francis Branch. And huh. as soon as this guy said that, he, he, it was like it opened up a whole world. And all of a sudden he took us in. He was part of the Branch family. He took us in the museum. He came up on his own. He showed us a lot of information. We get, we gained a whole lot of info about what happened to Seba Branch after he went off from Wolfskill and went up north and settled. So it's little pointers like that that can make open up a whole world. Sure, sure. You know? What an amazing uh, portal you I discovered yes. and, and uh, the impact that this ancestor of yours has had on California history is quite remarkable. Well, a lot of the people that came over with him did go on to become – in their own right, very uh, well-known Californians like Zeba, Zeba Francis Branch mm-hmm. up in San Luis Obispo. George Yount right here. George Yount here, of course, um, and others. There, there. It was. A, it turned out that a lot of those mountain men became pretty illustrious Californians. So yeah, they were a they were a rough and tumble group. I mean, they were ready for anything. So. <laughs> When they came up, they they then became very successful in California. Yeah, well, no doubt. One thing I would like oh. to say is that um, William married uh, Magdalena Lugo. Very important because the Lugo family is a very important family here in California. And it's really through the Lugos that I am, um, and also my grandmother, Victoria Juarez, through the Juarez family. I'm also related to Caetano Juarez, who was the pioneer oh. here in, in Napa. But that's not part of the story. But anyway. No, but look at you. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm like the map of early California. I was going to say, your mother was the queen of Los Angeles. She it was. sounds like you're the queen of California. That's right. Thank wow. you. Yeah. <laughs> I want you all to, to bow. No. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So through the Lugo family, I'm related very distantly to Vallejo, for mm-hmm. example. Right. And through, um, I have a lot of uh, my my great-great-grandfather, 
on also on my mother's side, but uh, was one of the signers of the California Constitution, one of the eight Hispanic signers of the California Constitution in 1849, and his uh-huh. name was Miguel de Pedrena. His daughter, Elena de Pedrena, married William's son, whose name was Jose or Joseph, and that's how the de Pedrenas and the Wolf Skills came together. But anyway, it, my, I just wanted to give a shout-out to my, gra- my great-great-grandmother, Magdalena, who was just a beautiful character. I mean, I've, I just... Uh, Can you share something about her? Well, they say that actually I was talking to one of uh, my cousins who was... And she was saying, and I can't remember, she found somewhere a letter in which I believe it was one of the children from Luz Valencia who spoke so highly of Magdalena, her stepmother. So I think from what I've gathered is Magdalena really was a very sweet person, and she had worked with the Native Americans uh, with the uh, up up in Santa Barbara Mission with the friars. Mm. And when they when they planted orange trees at the uh, Wolfskill Adobe, Magdalena and, Wolf- and and William gave oranges or the proceeds from the sales of the oranges every year up to the Santa the Santa Barbara Mission to the Franciscan Friars up there. So she was very close to the Franciscan Friars. Wow, wow how interesting. Yeah. Wow. Just so many stories and we're short on time. So I just want folks, if you want to hear more or learn more, get the book. Well, they can get it at Copperfields. Uh, absolutely. That, I just like to give a shout out please. to them because uh, they they support local authors, and they. Oh, I just had a book signing there, and I really appreciate so much that they are willing to help authors. And or if people want to write to me, you can write to me, and I'll give you my PO box. Just if you want to order something through please. me, it's uh, Conchita Marusic. Uh, M-A-R-U-S as in Sam, I-C-H. And I'm at P.O. Box 3005, Napa 94558. Now I have a question for you. Conchita Marusic, author yes. of In Search of William Wolfskill, Journey to Find the Legacy. The Queen of California. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Do you go nuts for donuts? Donuts. Oh, my God. You know, that's a Hollywood tradition, of course. Well, then, the, today's your lucky day. So you and Rich here, I've got a little selection oh, of... Oh, uh, my God. And in the interest of time, I'm not going to ask you for anything uh, poetic or whatnot to attach to these donuts. I often do that with my guests. I just want you to have a donut. So oh, here they are. Thank you so much. I feel like I'm back in Hollywood. But I'm just curious, which which one which one of those would you choose? This is a little psychological mm. test here. Oh, a psychological Oops, I was supposed to not say that. Oh, I was supposed I to know. see what you did first. I have to say chocolate. The chocolate? The chocolate rays, you're going for that one? And, that uh, one. Rich, how about you? Uh, I was thinking of that one. Uh, oh, okay. Or else the one looks like it's it looks like it's uh, strawberry on the top. little pink glaze. Okay, yeah. very nice. Now we're. I'm afraid we're out of time to to play some music. But if with your permission, I'm going to put the track on the podcast version. Oh, sure. So when this is podcast, people will be able to hear a track from your band. I love showcasing other sides of folks. We've talked a lot about you. And your uh, historical writings, but you're also a musician, a singer, a songwriter. And this is your family band, along with you and your daughter, who you mentioned earlier. She plays the violin, And right? a friend of yours. And Rich, you produced this album. And our son did the, the website. There's oh, also, we okay. also have a website, there timelessjourney.com. The band is called Timeless Journey, and the website is timeless-journey.com, it looks like. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, Timeless, that's right. My eyes aren't so good. The CD's called Reflections, so we'll have a track off of that on the podcast version. Oh, thank you. Because now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is 
is Mad Libs. That's right. It's Mad Libs, the fill-in-the-blank word gang. It's our version of it. And let me see, Conchita. I think you're going to be good at this. You're an author. You're a writer. You should be good with words. Okay. So you know how this is played. The first thing I need is an adjective. Uh, let me think. Clumsy. <laughs> clumsy. Okay, clumsy. Got it. Another adjective. Um, something... Well, let's say effervescent. I like that. Effervescent. Okay. Not sure I know how to spell it, but there it is. Okay. Adjective. By the way, fourth grade spelling bee champion right here. Oh, okay. I think Great. I got effervescent. I'm going to ask you to spell that one. Okay. Adjective. Another adjective. Okay. I'd like to do sparkly. Oh, I like that too. Thank We're good you. at this. A geographic location anywhere you can possibly imagine. Oh, my favorite. Hoboken, New Jersey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's another story for another time we'll get into. I'm curious. Uh, a noun, in this case, a thing. All right. Let's be dangerous. Please. With a sword thrower. Sword thrower. I took my kids to a circus the other night and there was... Uh-huh. Okay. Another geographic location. Um, Land of Oz. Okay. My son played... In uh, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah? When in high school. What did he do? He actually had a very small part. And he he stole the show. He played one of the guards, and he did a, a routine that really? <laughs> he made it up. He chewed up the scenery? <laughs> he did. That's great. <laughs> well, showbiz. Okay, cool. A verb past tense. Okay. Verb. Yeah. How about twittered? Twittered. Like a little bird would do, or modern technology. A verb past tense. Another one. Flopped. Flopped. And finally, one more verb past tense. Okay, let's be very... Co- let's see. Glamped. Glamped. Glamorous camping. Exactly. Okay, glamped. There you go. So, uh, Conchita Marusic, author of In Search of William Wolfskill, Journey to Find the Legacy, available at Copperfields here in Napa, or directly from you at your P.O. Box that you mentioned earlier. A little bit earlier, I was on the old internet looking around, and I found something written about you in the Napa Valley Register from November oh, 8th. Oh, no. <laughs> And you have just rewritten it via this Mad Libs game. Are you ready? Here we go. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. Okay, there you go. She looks nervous, folks. There I we go. know. Conchita Marusic has published a book about her great-great-grandfather, William Wolfskill, mountain man, trapper, explorer of the Santa Fe Trail, and trailblazer of the main route of the Old Spanish Trail. Right? Right. We're, we're good so All far? All right. Okay. Now, okay, here's your quote. This is you speaking. My book is really about two stories, Marusic said. It, reco- it recounts the clumsy adventures of William Wolfskill. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh-oh. His effervescent journeys over the Santa Fe Trail in 1822 and the Old Spanish Trail in 1830 are packed with sparkly stories as he made his way westward toward Hoboken, New Jersey. (laughs) 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 Okay. Now your, your quote continues. The second story details my journey of discovery as my... Sword thrower Rich, that's you, sir. (laughs) And I comes out. Yes, who knew? And I read okay. As my sword thrower Rich, that explains the little gold lame number you're wearing right there. You retraced Wolf Skill's footsteps through Kentucky, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Utah, Nevada, and the land of Oz. (laughs) That's right. We wanted to meet William in his environment, which meant 
going to where he had twittered, flopped, and glamped. Conchita Marusic, Rich, thank you so much for joining. And anyway, you have one more thing to add. Yes. Yeah. I also wanted just to make sure if, if anybody wants to, you can also get the book on Amazon.com. Oh, okay. I forgot to tell that. That's good. That's a good backup if Copperfields happens to be out. Of course, we want to support local, but Amazon's exactly. there for you as well. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been fascinating, and I, I really appreciate uh, that you've took the time and effort to write this and now it's here for all of us to understand and enjoy the story well, thank, thank you, you. Yeah. it was nice. fun very yeah. fun to be here today all my bags are packed i'm ready to go I'm standing here outside your door I hate to wake you up to say goodbye But the dawn is breaking, it's early morn The taxi's waiting, he's blowing his horn Already I'm so lonesome I could cry So kiss me and smile for me Tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go I'm leaving on a jet plane Don't know when I'll be back again Oh, babe, I hate to go There's so many times I've let you down so many times I've played around I can tell you they don't mean a thing Every place I go I'll think of you Every song I sing I'll sing for you When I come back I'll wear your wedding ring So kiss me and smile for You'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go I'm leaving on a jet plane Don't know when I'll be back again Oh, babe, I hate to go Now the time has come to leave you one more time, let me kiss you. Close your eyes, I'll be on my way. Dream about the days to come when I won't have to leave alone. About the times I won't have to say. So kiss me and smile for me. You'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go I'm leaving on a jet plane Don't know when I'll be back again Leaving on a jet plane Don't know when I'll be back again Oh I hate to go.
This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gillamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.